Hi, everyone. Today we have a very special guest on It's Locked podcast. We are here virtually via Zoom with Kalina Herman, who you probably better know as Little Jackalope. And this is thrilling for me because I used to always see Little Jackalope everywhere, like on the forums and on the blog and everything. And I'd be like, oh, I wonder who that is. And now Kalina is here with us. So welcome to the show, Kalina. We're really happy to have you. Yeah, I'm super excited. I didn't want to interrupt you. So I don't know. Oh, no. I know virtual meetings are always so funky like that. Like when do you, what's the protocol for being polite? And it's like, I mean, I'm showing up in hoodie sweatshirts. So you guys don't know that. Um, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited because I absolutely love the Nancy Drew Games community. And um, mm-hmm. even though I'm not at Herner Active anymore, I'm, I'm like, in the community more than I've ever been, at least the last six years. So I'm super excited just to be engaging with uh, fellow fans uh, even more. So I'm really yes. excited. Oh, yeah. What is that? So when you say that you're like more in the community now, what does that, what does that mean? Like explain to us. Yeah. Well, being in an official capacity, uh, I, I had to have a certain voice, uh, a professional voice, um, diplomatic, um, engaging, and um, really acknowledging players and uh, fans and feedback with different um, opinions and, and, and stuff that they had to share with us. But now as a fan, I can be like... <laughs> I didn't like that game either. <laughs> so, but, but it's good in its own sense, you know, so, so things like that. And then um, I, this is the second podcast I've been able to do with fans uh, outside of my official capacity. Um, I've also been engaging with uh, her interactive as a fan in that this is the first time I've ever been able to participate in a contest. Oh, like, fun. you know how awesome oh, that's awesome. decorating contest entries looked? Like, I wanted to do that too, but <laughs> I mean, I don't care much about the prizes, but being able to do that with the other people is awesome. So what oh contests have so you exciting. participated in? There's only been one contest since I've left. And that was, oh goodness, what was it? Some, I think it was a food contest, a summer baking. Was it something summer like baking for contest. Labor Day? Okay. Uh, no, it was in July. I think it was the food contest. Okay. Oh, nice. I, I made um, I made a cherry pie from scratch for Secret <gasps> of the Old Clock. Yes. yes. Oh, Caroline's Emily's fave. favorite game. <laughs> Your not mine. <laughs> Not my Kalina favorite. Doesn't like that game, but Kalina, your sweatshirt is like almost a perfect match for the CD color of that game. The minty, so, minty green, minty or green, a, appropriate minty? choice. A lime green. Uh, I don't know. It's green. Yours is kind of minty green. I think the CD is a little different, but almost spot on. Almost spot on. At least on camera. <laughs> For fun, though, I, I mean, I could take the sweatshirt off because I wore this just for you guys. Um, I am wearing. Oh, my gosh. I am wearing a Herner Active T-shirt and it is. the <gasps> I came to see the. Creepy yes. <laughs> All I got was this lousy T-shirt from the merchandise store, oh. from the captive curse. So I love that so much. I need to get some Nancy Drew merch. I have to. I'll do it. I'll do it at some point. That's your um, sign. I just have all of the, this is my sign. I need to do it. <laughs> so Kalina, you were at Her Interactive for, did you say over 10 years? 
Over 10 years, uh, 10 years officially as a full-time employee um, for about one full year before that as an intern and tester. What was your role there? (laughs) Which role? There's been a few roles. Um, I (laughs) I started out as game production intern. So I was in the production department helping with the behind the scenes of making the games. And then I tested the game for one week as a game tester uh, that was Shadow at the Water's Edge. They they lost one of their testers because they had to leave for another project. So I filled in for just one more week. So it's something I already did as a game production intern. Did that for one week. And then I that's when I learned I had some Photoshop skills. And the marketing team hired me on to be marketing intern. And that continued for another six months. And then they hired me full-time employee as marketing coordinator. Um, and my title changed a little bit in 2008. 2019 to add marketing coordinator and production coordinator because I did a little bit more behind okay. the scenes stuff for the game for Midnight in Salem. Ooh. Okay. You said um, that you worked as like a game tester for Shadow at the Water's Edge. Did that really come out 10 years ago? Yes. It oh, came no. out October of 2010. Yeah. Oh my, oh my gosh. Goodness. That's yeah. insane. So, <laughs> so the process <laughs> game tester. So you, so you were like the first audience for these games then that you tested. What, like, what kinds of things are you looking for when you're in that kind of role? So a game tester is a little bit different than like the advisory panelists, which is, that's actually how I started with my contacts at Her Interactive. I was an advisory mm-hmm. panelist. It was a, it's a volunteer position. Um, that you provide, you test the puzzles, provide feedback. Uh, as a game tester um, in, in the gaming industry, it's your hardcore testing. You're playing like a rogue player. You're trying to do mm-hmm. things a player should not do and see if it'll break the game or if a bug happens or like the designers at Her Interactive, they didn't want you to unlock a door until you get the key, for example. Mm-hmm. But if you tried unlocking the door, you know, it, and it triggers like a voiceover that they didn't want. That's something you had to report and make sure that the coding um, lines up perfectly. So um, we see what kind of stuff I did. I do. I, okay. Fun story. Uh, One of the things I was testing with shadow at the water's edge for that week was the Sudoku puzzles. And we wanted to make sure that the numbers were all going in correctly for a correct answer. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Correct. It forever for us to actually do the puzzle the long way. So the production <laughs> team being clever that they were, they coded in, and this is not in the game anymore. Not anymore. And I can't even cheat it. The coder, the production team coded in a cheat sheet. So as soon as you entered the, uh, the puzzle, it would show the answer up in the top left corner. And all you had to do was match the numbers. And then you can test to make sure the numbers were registering is correct. So that I thought oh. that was a really cool feature, but it's <laughs> not there anymore. So you have to solve it the long way. Are there <laughs> are there any things that as you were as you were playing through the game that you encountered that they took out later other than that? Just like things that aren't there anymore that weren't necessarily bugs, I guess. Not bugs. I mean, I remember Suki having some serious issues with <laughs> um, the cat. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> it was. You didn't want the cat doing things that 
you know, like discombobulated heads and stuff just suddenly just sh- showing up elsewhere on the screen. You, know, you don't want that in the game. Um, things that were taken out. Um, no, there were things that were added. Um, okay. One of our other testers actually... Um, an employee's wife, I'm not going to say who it was, it was actually Japanese and tested the game. And one of her first comments at the introduction of the game is it's very important in the Japanese culture to take your shoes off when you first enter the building. Uh, So the uh, production team quickly changed the sound effect of Nancy's footsteps in that opening cinematic Mm. or cutscene to have soft shoe steps as Nancy walks through. So stuff like that um, was caught by a lot of testers or players who ha- were not so closely involved with making the game. So they'd find that and record right. it. And they, if time allowed, they fix it. That's such oh, an interesting that. detail. That's so neat. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Another um, behind the scenes tidbit that I would love to ask about is we have lots of recurring characters, whether they recur as like, uh, phone characters or in person again. Um, I'm trying to remember since Shadow at the Water's Edge, which ones we have, but like we have Savannah Woodham come back for um, Ghost of Thornton Hall. But do you know what those discussions were like of, um, I guess, how it was decided, oh, this character was so great, we should bring them back? Uh, feedback from the fans, really. I mean, people okay. liked people liked the character of Savannah and Logan because they were kind of a duo Mm -hmm. on the phone. Uh, They really liked him and they wanted him back. We couldn't, they couldn't get the actor for Logan uh, when Savannah returned in Ghost of Thornton Hall. So Mm -hmm. the writers had to come up with a way to write him out. Um, So that was sad, but uh, yeah, it was entirely based on player feedback. If they love the character and if the character also made sense as a phone friend or help in the future, um, mm-hmm. especially phone characters because they're they're easy to um, to add. Uh, right. They would add them. Mm. Nice. And I know um, a lot. Well, I don't know about a lot, but I know at least some of the staff uh, provided voices for some characters. Did you ever get to voice anything? I did. It's one of my proudest moments. Even though I am not a good actor, I'm going to say that now. I am not talented okay. in acting. I would like. Wait. I would like to guess, but. I need like, tell me, tell me what game it was in. The Silence. Or games. The Silent Spy. Oh, wait, hold on. I need I to love look that one. The characters. I don't have a character name. Oh, wait. Um, oh, it's been too long since I've played it. Is it, I don't, we don't really have a lot of phone characters. <laughs> I'm not a phone character either. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll, I'll oh reprise my, my role. It's okay. one line. Please. The cookie order shows up down there. Make it exactly as shown if you want to get paid. The more cookies you make, the wealthier you get. You're the cookie lady. A star. <laughs> oh, wow. That's exciting. A star. Although You're the I reason w- we can make any money in that game. Oh, goodness. I wish I was just like a visual, visual, visibly there because uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. awkward to see an empty stand, but animation time i'm not important uh, i was also in the group of the her interactive team who sat around the microphone st- stood around the microphone for all of the voices that you hear in the 10 raven pub you can't go into the oh, pub oh nice yeah but we're singing uh lock 
Lamond and uh, shouting at the at the microphone as if we're watching a a, a sports game of some sort. Oh, I love oh, that's it. That's amazing. I love it. I love that uh, so much. Can I ask, how do you go about auditioning your voice actors for the games? Like, what's that process like? And how would you do that if you wanted how to, would, hypothetically? How would Caroline do that if Caroline, yeah. the voice actor, wanted to? I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the, the process has changed over the years. Uh, the original way Her Interactive did it was um, local actors only. They would post a very un ambiguous looking job posting for voiceover talent to the Seattle Actors Guild, SAG.com, mm -hmm. um, onto their bulletin boards. And then anyone who's interested would physically come into the office to audition or send in their demo reel to an email. Um, and nobody knew they were in Nancy Drew games. So that makes it a little bit hard. I mean, if you were paying attention, you'd be like, okay, what game companies are in Bellevue that features a female protagonist solving mysteries. Hmm. Mm. Um, that's how it used to be. And then um, her interactive would just keep uh, the actor's contact info uh, on hand in case we they wanted to reuse actors, uh, the ones that they liked especially or reprising roles. Uh, these days, I believe it's uh, highly recommended to look at the credits for the last game. Uh, I'm going about this so that I don't get into trouble with NDA. Look at the credits <laughs> of the last game and then do a little research on those companies. What you want to be doing is getting your demo reel and your contact information to the recording studios. Get into their um, their database. You know, they'll keep your information on hand so that when companies like to ask them for uh, for ideas or for actors available, They'd be like, okay, here's our contact or our database. Uh, here's some demos that you can quickly listen to. If you wanted to hire them, here are our actors. Here we go. So mm -hmm. that's what I would suggest doing. Oh, thank you. I'm not <laughs> from Washington, but I do have a studio. So well, ooh, I could do it remotely. Yeah. Th these, these days it's open to not just local. So you have a better shot. Rock and roll. And if you voiced a Nancy Drew game, should there be another one? I would die. I also would die. My 10-year-old <laughs> self, who was afraid of Shorty in Shadow Ranch, would just be, like, quivering with excitement. Who wasn't afraid <laughs> of Shorty? It's true. He's horrifying. Yeah. I will yeah. be auditioning if they do a remake of Secret of the Old Clock mm -hmm. so that I can do exactly one, one line from that what, game. What line is that? I think I've said it in every single episode. We've you have, but let's make it, let's make it all of them. <laughs> the year 1930. Nancy like Drew is in her <laughs> blue roadster. I like that really place to solve a mystery. <laughs> Absolutely. That's you got the, the only thing I want to do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, we would love to do some game ranking, which we did not prep you for. <laughs> this will be the first time I'm ever allowed to voice like, my opinion <gasps> on this, too. Wow. You heard, heard it, it here first. first. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> um, okay. In no particular order, but you can give us an order if you want. What are your top five games? Okay, I have a harder judging criteria because of my history. Um, Good. I, Good. I mean, so there are games that I personally 
absolutely love, but they're, in my opinion, they're also not the best designed. So it's a matter of, is this something that you, um, you just absolutely, the games that you absolutely love or based on what games do you think are overall amazing designed? Hmm. Let's, I, I want to do both, but first let's talk about the games that you just absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely love Shadow at the Water's Edge. Uh, the final scene, uh, Ghost of Thornton Hall, The Silent Spy, Curse of Blackmore Manor. You have Ooh. great taste. Yes. Which of those is Shadow at the Water's Edge your top? Uh, yes. Yes, it would be. Oh, so good. Yeah, that game is just really awesome. Okay, so those are your top five all favorite. What about top five uh, in terms of like best gameplay or best designed? Best gameplay, best design, best experience, all of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think Warnings at Waverly Academy ranks really high. Curse of Blackmore Manor. Um, I think Shadow at the Water's Edge too. There's still some bugs about it, but overall a really good combination of things. Um, let's see, I need two more. Oh, there's two others. I think Silent Spy was well-rounded as well. Um, let's see. Uh, and Shadow Ranch, the secret of Shadow Ranch. Okay. Two I love of, well, Caroline's top two games are on that list. Yes. I Warnings that Waver the Academy is my absolute favorite game, and Emily roasts me every time. I bring it up. It's brilliant. I think it's so good. Anyway, we don't have to fight I, about this now. <laughs> we don't, but I do. I just have to say that my only beef that I have with that game, and this is what really taints it for me, is all of those photos that you have to take for <laughs> Rachel. Yes. I just, yeah, yeah, I'm like, it's not intuitive how to get it right. And yeah. even the smallest thing can make you get it wrong. And then it's just frustrating. Yeah, I, I, I agree on that. The um, instructions and the feedback that you get on how to do the puzzle correctly is not helpful. It's a very yeah. finicky thing and oh, it could have used a little bit more direction. Yeah. Um, what are So we've talked about bugs in games. Are there any bugs that are still existing that you know how to trigger uh well stay tuned for danger has a classic one in there uh classic two actually but that was a very very early game and a lot of people which know ones are bugs. they i think well caroline we probably talked about at least one of them but yeah i, I experienced mm-hmm. it on accident the first time i played it yeah yeah opening and closing uh maddie's perfume cabinet in her dressing room about 10 times will drop you into Dwayne Powers' office suddenly. What? Oh my God. Which is kind of awesome. That's, That's so cool. So cool. <laughs> I have to um, go back and do that now. Yeah, that one that one's a classic. And it doesn't wreck your game. So Just go ahead and do it. Nice. (laughs) Um, the other another bug in that game that's pretty popular is if you enter uh Rick Arlen's dressing room when it creaks open. If you enter that without the pliers um, and the screwdriver, you will get yourself stuck and you will fail and you will not be able to continue. So you kind of have to go back to the second chance option. But can't you get those by just staying in the studio until after dark and then you go into the props room and grab them? 
Yeah, yeah, you can get them. But if they're not in your inventory, when you enter the dressing room, when that uh, scary sequence happens, try not to give spoilers, uh-huh. the door, when the door cracks open and Nancy says, hello, and then you step in, right. suddenly there's danger music and there's something on the, on the uh, dressing table. If you don't right. have your tools and you try to escape the room, it's second chance. Right, so right, right. It's like a, a loop mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that happened to me the first time because I didn't know you had to get all the things. It was so hard to navigate. That game is hard to navigate. Yeah, yeah. newer Nancy Drew games would have, um, I mean, obviously would have caught that with testing, but what the designers would have done is ask production to put a block on that or the writer will have a voiceover for Nancy queued up saying like, I shouldn't come in here until I know it's safe or something like that to prevent the player from mm-hmm. going in until player has those inventory objects. Mm. Right. Gotcha. Are there any other bugs that you can think of? Yeah. Still out there? Yeah. Can you share? <laughs> yes, I can. Um, okay. In Labyrinth of Lies, if you own the bonus edition, no, 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 no. Sorry. It's the standard edition. If you own the standard edition, there is a metagame award you cannot get at all because it requires oh. you to listen to all the audio tracks on the uh, the player that's in Melina's office. There's an audio track player. You can listen to the actors uh, read each other their lines. And oh, on the, the computer? On the computer, yeah. Yeah. And there are two additional tracks that are included with the bonus edition of the game. The programmers included a flag for all of those in order to get the meta award. So if you're on bonus edition, you can get the award if you listen to all tracks. If you are in standard, you're missing two tracks in order to complete (laughs) that achievement. Oh, that's so annoying. Mm -hmm. That's so. I don't know what edition I have for that game. I think I know for a lot of the ones in that time period, I did buy the bonus edition just because I wanted it early because I'm really impatient. <laughs> did you get but, the so hard might, copy or digital download? I believe I have a hard copy of it. Okay. I think. I don't know. I'll have to um, pull out my like retro 90s uh, CD, accordion CD case. That is all my Nancy Drew games in it. But yeah, I can look at that later. Um. What, uh, and if you can't talk about this, that's fine. But what are your least favorite games? Ransom of the Seven Ships. But that's because there's minimal story involved. I really like it when there's more story, more interrogations, Mm -hmm. more solving what's going on with the mystery. There's there's a lot of puzzles. It's like all it is. So Ransom is at the top of the list. Um, That's the only one I would outright say that I didn't like. I mean, there are some other puzzles or some other games where I would on my least favorite uh category but only i still like them but they're just on the lowest end uh secrets can kill remastered and original is pretty low mm-hmm. just because it's such a small story even the remastered even though try to extending extend that um still minimal for the still time very spent. short yeah yeah um uh creature of kapu cave um i think it could have had some more it's hard to say that there wasn't enough um, mystery elements with finding clues and the whole interaction with the Hardy Boys on their mystery felt a little bit, um, a little bit disjointed. I could see the connection between 
Nancy's in the Hardy Boys mystery, but there's a few yeah. areas where we could have made it a little bit more robust. Um, yeah. So creature. Um, Midnight in Salem is kind of low on my list. Uh, just because yeah. uh, all the, the bugs and continuity and the mystery and the linearness of it as well. Um, how many is that? Let's see. Secret Skin Hill, Ransom, Creature, Midnight. Uh, what's number one? What would be another one that I had a hard time with? I don't, I don't know what my fifth was. That's fine. <laughs> we can only have a few. I know Midnight in Salem, I... Uh... I have mixed feelings about that because I don't like the gameplay. I don't like the navigation, like all of the technical aspects I didn't love, but I did love the feel of, um, just when you wake up in the morning and you're sitting around in the sunny kitchen with like all of your people there and you're making breakfast. I don't know. It just gave me like really cozy fall vibes. So uh, it, I liked it had that an excellent concept um, mm-hmm. and a, a great in um, ambience to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my fifth game would have to be the Shattered Medallion. Again, it's for the lack okay. of mystery. Yeah. yeah. That one is kind of, it doesn't feel like an Nancy Drew game. Kind of feels like a, uh, I'm on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, and before people write in and ask us or bother you and ask you, I do want to just put it out there that Kalina is under an NDA in terms of all future Nancy Drew game news. So we are not asking about that. We're not going to talk about that. Um, So that's that. Please don't bother any of us about it because Caroline and I don't know and Kalina won't tell you. So that's it. Stay tuned for Stay tuned something. for something maybe in the future. <laughs> um, you mentioned, well, you accidentally, I think, said the word puzzles, but that made me want to ask, what is like your all-time favorite either puzzle or mini game in a game? All-time favorite. Oh, that's a tough one. I have I one really for sure. Go for it. I'll think about it. You should go ahead and say yours. Well, okay. Mine is Scopa, like hands down. I could, I have a save oh file God, for Scopa. Scopa that I could. Caroline, do you not like Scopa? No, I'm triggered what? by Scopa. It took me forever. Also, I don't know where the Zoom screen went. Oh, no, wait, why is this not? <laughs> where it's how, okay, you're fine. I can't see anyone. I, I have oh, a well, sucks for you. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, well, thanks. Very nice of you. Um, yeah, no, Scopa. You brought up Scopa and then you insulted me. Yeah, no, Scopa just, I, I, so my dad and I played that game together and we, we like plugged in our, the laptop and HDMI it to the television so we could like play on the TV Uh and we played Scopa for so long. And I forget why we didn't ever like get past it, but we were on Scopa for like two hours and I just wanted to scream. Oh, I love that's it. Okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Helena, what's yours? And then Caroline, I want to hear yours. So you think about this too. Favorite puzzle. <laughs> um, my, I, I really like slider puzzles generally. Yes. I'm one of the weird okay. ones who loves slider puzzles. Wait, um, the ones where um, it's like a slider puzzle to make a picture? Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, okay. the sliding um, puzzle in Secrets, Secrets Can Kill <laughs> yeah. in the opening in, and I always just say, 
there's a little box with a picture on it, um, a three by three grid. You just have to slide the puzzles mm -hmm. around. And also it's in a sliding puzzle is in um, a safe, another safe, in Message in a Haunted Mansion, the Phoenix uh, puzzle yes. as well. I, I absolutely mm -hmm. love those. Um, I If I had to pick one thing that I could do over and over again, it would be the Warnings at Waverly Academy snack shop. Oh, okay. It's an activity. I love that puzzle or activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. It's It's cozy. It's got like good vibes. I'm looking at a list of games. Okay. I think uh, first gut instinct. I really loved in the last train to Blue Moon Canyon, the doll puzzle. It was horrifying, oh. but I just remember it very viscerally and it had an impact yeah. on me. But yeah, I, I really loved the ambiance of that game. Do you think you could do it now without like looking at any of like the dolls names like do you think you would remember which ones they were and where they were? oh emily no i could okay. not yeah it's That's been too question. long but thank you <laughs> right. kalina i have a little bit of a personal question which is so someone from her interactive uh whoever manages the social media we have been talking to them a little bit but um, do you think it's do you think that I can ask them if I could come visit the studio? Because I'm just in Portland. I'm like three hours away. Uh, if you ask them, the answer will be no, because we are. Wait, I say like okay. that, like I'm still working for them. Um, they're all 100 <laughs> percent remote right now. They have oh, a PO okay, box. Because of there is no office. Yeah, yeah. They let go okay. of their office lease. There is no physical building. Oh wow! Everyone's working from their homes, and they use Zoom to have their meetings. So there's no physical space. Oh to come. bummer! It's sad. <laughs> I know. Um, Has that been since COVID? COVID? Yes. Since okay. COVID. Yeah. Oh, well, so also I think the building um, right around now or next year, it, the building was sold. Um, to make way oh. for some residential places. So we would have, they would have been losing their lease anyway. So they just ended it early. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I get it. That's fine. I understand. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, Emily. I knew that was a dream. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I used to give, like we're fine. <laughs> I used to give the tours, the office tours when people showed oh, up. It was fun. Oh, okay. Can you, um, well, no, that's a dumb question. That's not going to work well on a podcast. I was going to say, can you like, a virtual uh, yeah, like audially <laughs> walk me through. The yeah, absolutely. Okay. So with the old office, that's where we gave the tours, um, uh, when we had an all in-house studio, well, we still, they still, um, outsourced some things when it was mostly in-house, uh, the office, which is in Bellevue was in Bellevue. It's now, um, a preschool daycare academy at the moment. Anyways, people would show up. I, we were they took up the entire top floor, and uh, there would be a, an entry. A, what do you call it? Like a not really a foyer. Go into the like main a office. Lobby. Yeah, yeah, kind okay. of more like a hallway with chairs. <laughs> um, go into the uh, the main office and introduce themselves to the uh, office administrator. Office administrator would. Uh, call me or ping me to come in uh, to give the people their tour. And I would always go the same route. Uh, the office could, you could walk around in a loop 
um, and then end mm-hmm. right back where you started. So it was like, perfect. I would always start right there near, next to the main office was the main conference room. And the main conference room was where a lot of magic happened. There was a huge whiteboard, a big conference table with chairs. That's where a lot of brainstorming sessions happened. That's where our awards were posted on the, uh, framed up on the wall. Um, a lot of secret meetings were held there with projectors and computers. And it was really cool. Uh, we would mm-hmm. go around the into the main part of the office building which is where all the cubicles were that's where um well first i would make a stop at the second conference room which was known as the library that's where all the nancy drew books were it was a small room there was also a table and chairs with uh, a tv um and then we would take a look at the testing lab which is where it had a a counter that wrapped around the wall and there were computers on all the way around it. And that's where the testing of the games would happen. The advisor panelists would come in and sit there and play the game for a little bit. Uh, And that's where our big posters, I can't show you on on my wall, way back up here in my screen, uh, some of the posters that were in the testing labs and I kind of confiscated that one. Uh, Um, And uh, so then we, I would go back to the corner where the production team was and introduce them to the game designer and also to the writer uh, because they were friendly mm-hmm. and very engaging. They had things to share. Um, only a few people were really interested in the production team's programming information because uh, mm-hmm. it was very technical. And a few people did come away with some information to help them with their schooling in the future, which was great because our oh, team was nice. really great at giving uh, practical advice for getting into the game industry. I walk around to the uh, other side of the cubicles where all of the artists were. I would often introduce them to the creative director, uh, Tim, who would be there and Kyle, the art director. And then um, if any of the artists, I would usually send out an email ahead of time saying, hey, we've got fans. Any of you guys interested in chatting with them real quick? And some people would reply back to me and say, yeah, I'll show them what I'm working on. Just let them know that they have to sign an NDA. They can't talk about what they see. Great. I'd introduce to a few artists and then end at the corner where the CEO was. There were like three or four, three, three. No, there were four actual like walled in offices with doors mm-hmm. and those were the that was where the ceo and the marketing director mm-hmm. and the sales director were introduced them to them um, people will always get so excited when they met like megan geyser or Stuart Mulder yeah. at the time um, and then we would end in the kitchen which is right next to the the main office where we started out on the kitchen i mean not much to see it's a kitchen with some sitting areas and someone's snacks we'd often have like snacks <laughs> up on the counter for just grabbing and going and uh at the end of the tour um if they were um vip guests of some sort we'd offer them a free game or a guide and bid them Ooh. farewell wow okay sounds like a sweet deal <laughs> how do you become a vip that. guest yeah really what is the <laughs> like criteria well, yeah that well for example one instance one instant, okay, I'm going to talk about two stories here. One instance, we actually held a contest for CEO for a day where we actually flew out two, two people, one winner, but they could bring along a person and they would come into the office for a day. They get the tour, they get to hang out, they get lunch with the actual CEO and they get to play CEO for a day. And uh, they got, uh, everyone in that family got an extra copy of a game just as a bonus prize. Another instance was when we had uh, 
mega fans from France and they came over. We gave him, it was after hours, but I was still working because I was, I was nuts. I gave him a full tour, <laughs> even though there weren't any, there wasn't anyone there. Um, I gave him a game uh, and they later sent a thank you care package. They sent a collection of Nancy Drew books in French. Oh, like, oh my never, God. <laughs> never seen these before. This is so cool. So they're, they're in the, her interactive library. So. Oh, that's yep. so wow. fun. I, okay. I would love to know where the name Little Jackalope came from. It's silly, really. So um, when I was game production intern, it was when we were working on Trail of the Twister and okay. Shadow at the Water's Hedge consecutively. So since Trail of the Twister was my first, I kind of just started creating this little jackalope doodle um, in my notes. And uh, when I eventually became marketing coordinator, inter- marketing intern, um, the marketing person was like, so it's kind of traditional for us to have a pseudonym, uh, an anonymous name, uh, oh. a pen name, would you, for writing the amateur sleuth blog? And I'm like, huh, okay, a fake name. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, Jackalope. No, let's make it little Jackalope because I'm little and I'm very proud of it. <laughs> so that's how that happened. There you go. I love it. I love it. I remember the amateur sleuth blog. um, There would always be uh, on one specific day of the week, like Fridays, maybe there would always be a puzzle posted. Mm -hmm. Did you come up with those? I did. I made those from scratch. Um, Some of them were hard. Yeah, some of them were hard and it came to the point where like, "Hmm, I should have a second pair of eyes on this. So I would actually get our... um, QA lead, our quality assurance lead. She was the lead of the testers and also mm. breaking the game. And it's funny because she was related to the game designer. The game designer made the game. Her twin sister tried to break the game. So anyways, I had her oh, test nice. out the puzzles um, and mm. she would provide feedback and she was very good about catching my typos. So I would mm. actually write them out. You can't really see it because you're on a podcast, but I have this uh, mm. binder and all of them are in here including like some codes codes and ciphers for reference. So I would write them out in here. I'd either take a picture or recreate it digitally and then post it to the amateur sleuth blog every Friday. Oh, I love it. I mean, when you have to come up with a puzzle every week, I mean, you gotta, like, some of them are going to be hard. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It helped. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, this is a very random question, but I'm curious if any of the characters in the games were inspired by employees in the company like was there any inspiration in that department inspired by the employees um not so much the characters um a lot of the characters were inspired by actors in real life oh um for can you give us some examples some of the examples of the of the environments were based on employees experiences okay um so i guess i got two stories for that um but uh, some of the actors, well, not necessarily the char- the character style and their personalities. Um, that would be written up by the writer. But the design of the characters was mm. made by the game designer. And they would go for, okay, for example, um, it was Alexei Markovic is based mm. on the design of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 
Wow. So I love they it. would take features from Bill Nye, the science guy, some clothing, maybe um, some muscle, a uh, facial muscle movements and stuff like that. And they would uh, recreate uh-huh. that. So um, like uh, in the silent spy, Ewan McGregor is based off of David Tennant from Doctor Who. Oh, I totally see that. <gasps> oh yeah, for yeah. sure. But um, when it comes to the environments, um, artist John um, is Japanese and he based Yumi's apartment on his sister's apartment in Japan. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. I love Yumi's apartment. That's probably my cute. favorite part of that whole game. It's very pink. It's very yeah. pink. <laughs> it is very pink. Um, what do you think is, sorry, I'm just, I keep coming up with like game ranking questions and they get me all yeah. excited, but I'm wondering what you think is like the hardest puzzle in any game or one of the hardest, there's a lot of puzzles to sift through. And then the hardest game. The hardest, well, that goes, it's, it, it's hand in hand. Shadow at the Water's Edge, I believe is the hardest game um, because okay. of the puzzles. And the hardest okay. puzzle in the history of Her Interactive, I'm pretty sure, is the giant, lat- it's known as Lattice behind the scenes, the giant nonograms puzzle in the baths right. downstairs. It's that mm-hmm. one. Because if you mess up one tiny mistake, it takes forever to find the error. If yeah. you erase all your work, you have to start all over. It takes forever. Yeah. Um, I've seen oh, so many people stumble on that. I love so much, though. I love it, too. I for it's sure just really had difficult. to, like, redo it over and over. But I loved it. I love, I know I say, I say this in like every episode too, but I love puzzles where all of the information is just in front of you. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not wondering if I missed something somewhere, if I missed some bit of information, it's just all right there. And you just need logic and like a good brain to solve it. I love those. Yeah. Based on player feedback, the logic puzzles are the most adored puzzle types. Oh, uh so I'm not alone <laughs> right that makes sense yeah that's awesome oh, like the ones in um well the word logic puzzles in secret of the old clock are so fun the ones that Richard Topham gives you before he'll oh, talk yeah. to you about anything yeah it's it's hard to define what logic puzzles are so I had to do my best with that um when mm-hmm. we were researching what puzzles we wanted in the next games uh meaning Midnight in Salem and uh, future ones. Uh, so I had to put a definition to what logic puzzles were and if I could pull that up. I could, I don't remember what, what, what I said, but yes, it's when you take a bit of information um, and try to rearrange, the, rearrange it in the correct sequence or order yeah. just based on the clues that are presented mm-hmm. and our players, the players absolutely loved that. So yeah, that, that counts as one. I love them. They're so fun. Kalina, what was before you started working at Her Interactive, am I correct in assuming that you were a fan? Yeah. Yeah. I was a mega fan. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's all. What that's was, great. <laughs> what was, um, what was the first game you played? Message in a Haunted Mansion. Okay. Because that You're was the first OG. one. Yeah. That was the first one that launched in retail stores. When it launched in retail stores, oh, the other really? two followed suit. The first okay. two games were not available in retail stores until Game Three released. Um, they were uh, sold on Amazon only. Oh, hmm. really? So her, her interactive wasn't even doing sales from their site of games back then. No, they would link out to to the store. 
Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. I didn't, I don't even remember Amazon like being a thing back then, (laughs) but I was a baby. So, um, so message in a haunted mansion was your first game. Do you remember like what, what was that experience like? My first thought was like, are we going to see Nancy? Like, what is she like? Um, listening to her and seeing her when we of course never saw her but when Mm. I first heard her I'm like huh well I don't know what I was expecting but she sounds older (laughs) it it got got (laughs) used to it um but I was absolutely enthralled by the game because I was playing other games like mist or um safe cracker or what other uh, other adventure mystery games, um, some retro games too. So it was kind of revolutionary for me to see 3D animated characters talking mm. to you. That was a huge thing when those games released. Uh, granted, they weren't um, all that great because graphics have gra- gra- amazingly changed over the course of years. Uh-huh. But it's something you didn't see often in the adventure gaming realm. So I was, I was very excited about that. And I loved the puzzles. I loved exploring. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, you, when we kind of had our little break, you were mentioning that you still play games now. What are some of your favorites that are outside of the Nancy Drew canon? Ooh, um, favorites. Oh, I just got done playing Mist, which was relaunched August 26th. Uh, they rebuilt it from in from the ground up with the unreal engine so it's beautiful so i finished playing that um what else am i playing right now well there are some other adventure and mystery games out there um and that are actually going to be launching right now i'm also playing animal crossing oh yes great taste (laughs) a classic (laughs) Um, and i'm replaying a retro game called hugo's house of horrors Hmm. which is very very retro (laughs) Um, what, so aside from Myst, because I think that is a pretty well-known one, are there any other games that you would recommend for Nancy Drew fans who are like waiting for the next game or want something similar that they haven't played yet? Yeah. Um, if you want a very modern, um, mystery game, it's linear, but it's great. Uh, Jenny LeClue Detective on Steam. Okay. Made by an independent uh, developer called Mography. Uh, it's really cool. They just, I played it right before they added a patch when they added uh, voiceover acting. So oh, I think awesome. it would have been more enjoyable with voiceover acting. I'm glad they added that. Jenny LeClue, Detective Vu. That's new. You can get it on Steam. Um, another classic one is Siberia. Oh, I've heard uh, of that one. It's a little bit older. It was released in 2003. So just as old as Message in a Haunted Mansion. But, but they are releasing a new one later this year so oh. i would highly recommend getting uh to play siberia one two and three i think it's the fourth one don't quote me on that it's either number three or four that's releasing this year so everyone's excited for that okay um, and uh oh gosh there's a lot more there's there's <laughs> a whole bunch of sherlock holmes games out there depending on uh oh i've seen some of those um depending on the maturity level that you're interested in there, there's a very varied range of those Right. And I guess um, before we sign off, unless Caroline, you have any last questions that you want to go through now, um, where should a, where should people go to connect with you and b, what would you say is the best source to get the most up to date, like Nancy Drew gossip, info, news, 
where should people keep their keep their eyes on? Well, um, Her Interactive, for sure. So following, excuse me, following herinteractive.com and their Facebook page and their Instagram page is probably going to be the fastest way to know what's going on uh, with mm-hmm. future games or with sales or with contests. Highly recommend following that. Uh, but for me, I have a website, kalinaherman.com. And I'm on YouTube as Story Retold and Instagram at story underscore retold. And that's where I do my hobby stuff. Yay. Kalina, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so fun. Um, Does anyone have a Nancy Drew quote that you can pull off the top of your head that you want to use as a sign off for today? Kalina, what's your favorite? What's your favorite quote? Stay sleuthy. I mean, that's what I've always said with my amateur sleuth (laughs) blog videos back in the day. Um, I have always so liked, uh, don't let the turkeys get you down. Oh, we just <laughs> talked about that last, we last just episode. We talked about that. That episode just released this morning. So yeah, go. <laughs> it's fine. I really like, let's say stay sleuthy because I know that one's not going to come up again. Okay. Are we ready? I'll count yes. to three and it's not going to be in sync, but that's fine. <laughs> One, two, three. Stay, stay sleuthy. sleuthy. <laughs> oh. Yay. You're so oh, cute. Thank you, Kalina. This is great. Thank you for listening to It's Locked Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at It's Locked Podcast. We'll see you in two weeks.